What's going on, everybody? Welcome to E Inner Olympian. Inner Olympian. Inner Olympian podcast. You're rocking with the best. Everyone, it's Baladia Jamale. Hey, it's Kira. Everybody, Jared Curry here. Hey, everybody, it's Marissa Papa Constantino here. Hey, everyone, it's Misha Powell. Hey, I'm Pierce Lepage. Hey, guys, Alicia here. Hi, guys, this is Tia Devin. Hey, guys, my name is Khadija. Make sure you check out the Inner Olympian podcast. I want you to head over to the Inner Olympian podcast. Check out the Inner Olympian podcast. Check out the Inner Olympian podcast. And I want you guys to check out the Inner Olympian podcast. I want you all to do me a favor and go check out the Inner Olympian podcast. You won't want to miss it. You won't regret it. You gotta do it. What's going on, everybody, and welcome to the Inner Olympian podcast, where the goal is to inspire, motivate, and help you achieve what you actually want to achieve and exceed what you believe is possible for your life, business, and your relationships by tapping into your Inner Olympian. My name is Shegun Mackinay, that's Shegun Mackinay. I'm a two-time Canadian Olympian, and I'm your host. Hey, listen, I believe that you don't need to go to the Olympics to be an Olympian. I believe that being an Olympian comes down to the way that you think, act, and live, and that everyone has the potential to tap into their inner Olympian by changing their mindset, not only to better their own life, but the lives of those around them. This is episode 24. Hey, if this is your first time listening, welcome to the show. Thanks for listening. And for those of you who've been listening for a while now, as always, I want to give a big shout out to you guys. You guys are awesome. Thanks so much for all the love. Thanks so much for all the love and support really means a lot, and I appreciate you. This is a milestone episode. It's really exciting. Um, The Inner Olympian has been listened to in over 17 countries, and we are now uh, more or above, I think, 3,000 streams as of this recording. So it's really exciting. We passed it like 3K mark. So this is like a, you know, like I said, a milestone episode. So Again, special shout out to everybody who's been um, listening to this show and rocking with the Inner Olympian. It really means a lot. And you know, again, I'm just I'm just so amazed to kind of see um, how much the podcast and the idea itself, you know, has kind of grown and is growing. And I'm always super grateful for the impact that it's having. And I hope that it continues to grow, you know, for years to come. Uh, quite frankly. All right, cool. On this episode, I chat with. A uh, professional track and field athlete and current world champion in the 4x400 meter relay and mixed relays, Michael Cherry. Mike is a former LSU Tiger, six-time international medalist, uh, two-time NCAA champion, 10-time All-American, SEC champion, two-time All-SEC, um, also a former training partner. And so uh, some of you can remember I went down to LSU for a little bit, spent some time there training and met a whole a uh, bunch of people who I'm hoping to get on the podcast and chat with and met, um, again, some really amazing and really inspiring people and just had myself an amazing time and got to train with uh, just some really incredible people. And Mike happened to be one of them. And uh, along with, if some of you remember um, Vernon, and there's a whole bunch of them, Fitz, uh, Keon, uh, Nate, T, Damar, JT, Q, Kimberlyn Duncan, um, Jasmine Stowers, uh, Jada, Jada Mack. <laughs> um, who else? I mean, I'm, I'm missing names. Cassandra, a whole bunch of people, but I got, to, I got, to, I got the train with them and it was just an absolutely amazing time. I'm, I'm missing some people in there for sure. And that's not good. So forgive me. 
But again, absolutely amazing time. And so it was just really exciting to be able to catch up with some of them. Mike in particular, um, you know, extremely funny guy. You'll you'll see that in in this episode. We just keep, we're, we're laughing throughout the episode, and you know, um, the episode will really have you thinking deeply at the same time, laughing your head off. And you know, we talk about a lot of things in this episode. You know, in terms of having confidence, the importance of being prepared, uh, staying disciplined, taking what you do seriously. You know, facing your fears, dealing with losses and setbacks, how to handle negativity. You know, some of the side effects that, that come along with trying to be great or being great. And, you know, we go, we just go into a whole wide uh, range of topics on this episode. But I think the core of this um, kind of conversation was just about really just staying disciplined, um, being prepared and having confidence in yourself. And I guess having confidence in your discipline and your, and your preparation. And so Mike really kind of just, you know, tells his own experience of how he was able to kind of do that for himself. It was a really kind of eye-opening um, talk. When I was just going about, you know, putting the finishing touches on the episode, I was really thinking about just the experiences that I had down at LSU and how you really needed to be confident in yourself and not so much like in yourself, but really in who you were like as a person. And you'll see that because there, there are moments, and I don't want to give it away, but there are moments where, you know, you kind of had to face the music, not only from the outside world, but also your teammates. And if you really didn't know who you were, or have like a really strong sense of self-worth, it would have been really tough to survive, to train down there, not only as an athlete, but I think also as a person. And so I think even like kind of deeper than just the preparation and the confidence and staying disciplined, I think that, you know, it even goes a bit deeper into like, you have to also be confident and disciplined in who you are and knowing that. And that takes a lot of work and it takes a lot of preparation to to come to that point. But once you do that work and once you have that preparation, you can stand confidently in who you are as a person. Not only stand confident in who you are as a person, but stand confidence in your preparation. And preparation in this case meaning stand confident in the work that you've done to be able to, you know, figure out who you are to be able to stand confident in that. And then the discipline to be able to carry that out and then not be swayed by what's, what's going on around you and the good or the bad. Just being able to stand confidently in who you are in different situations and, you know, be truly, authentically yourself 110%. And that's kind of like that deeper, I think, message that you hear throughout this because Mike is 110% himself and everybody at LSU, you know, was. Regardless, we were a very diverse group in terms of personalities, but everybody was themselves. And you can see that, like there is no kind of changing for anybody. And I think that's kind of how you have to be, not only as an athlete, but also as a person in, in what you're doing. If you're getting moved side to side by, you know, this and that or, or that and this, you know, and it's going to be really tough to kind of be who you are or accomplish the things that you need to accomplish. So. Anyway, that is my short mini rant slash motivational speech, but this was a really great episode. Every episode is, of course, but I think this one was kind of special, you know, just because, again, we hit that milestone episode, 3,000 streams. Uh, Mike is hilarious, has me like laughing a lot, most of the episode. He'll have you laughing a lot of the episode as well, but then again, also at the same time, thinking very deeply. So it's, it's a really cool combination. You know, it's good to catch up with him. So without further ado, enjoy the conversation. Here's Mike. Back with another episode of the Inner Olympian. Um, really excited to have uh, Mike Cherry on the show with me today. Mike, welcome to the show, man. Appreciate it. Man, I can't wait. I can't wait to be here. Glad you hit me up, though. Yeah, no problem, man. For those of you who probably, um, you know, are, are tuning in for the first time or um, have listened before, 
I trained down at LSU for a little bit in 2017, 2018. Great experience for me to be around some really um, great athletes to train at a really uh, you know high level and you know just honestly just like, just a great just a great environment to to be in. And then, like I said before, you know I met a lot of really cool people. One of them earlier who I had on the podcast earlier was Vernon, and the other like sprinter who was in the um the kind of the 400 meter kind of group was Mike, who we have who I have here today. Um, Mike, I want to let I want you to kind of let people know about you know um, how you got to where you are right now. You don't train in LSU anymore, right? You're in you're in you're in Cali now, right? Yeah, Los Angeles, Los Angeles. Yeah. With yeah. You didn't start off at LSU. You started off in Florida. So kind of tell people like your journey from like you know how you got or how you got into track and then you know from Florida to en- ending up at at LSU. Okay. Well, yeah, my first year running track was probably like 2011. I would say so. Not too long ago, it was like, it's like what nine years ago? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So nine years ago. So nine years ago, I probably was like fifteen, sixteen. Uh, I just went out for track just to prepare myself for football. It was it was cool. I really didn't like it. I was I was more sure like a cheater. So I went even out there just to, to see girls. I wanted to see girls and and <laughs> and travel. So the traveling was pretty fun. Um, I actually sucked my first year. I was terrible. I ran like fifty three, fifty four. Mm. Uh, seconds as like a 15 15 year old i think and then i dropped to like 48 seconds but my first race of me pr was actually i ran 50 point but they started me from the wrong line so, <laughs> so they started from four by four line and i had made it to states but got punished in states uh came back <laughs> the next year as a junior i, I ran 46 two and uh just became like a, a a different a different athlete altogether so i started becoming more focused with it and just wanted to kind of like perfect my craft and just work harder at it. I seen that track was kind of like the way I could go to college and basically get myself there because my mom really couldn't afford for me to, to go on scholarship. So I knew I had to find some type of way. And this looked like the easiest way at the moment to grab it and, and take something serious to make sure that I can secure my future, basically. So yeah. the next year, my senior year, I ran probably about 46 flat, then committed to Florida State University, which where I went for two years. Went there. It was kind of, it wasn't. It wasn't the best experience. I felt like uh, I wasn't mature enough to handle it at that mm-hmm. time. I really didn't like like my my coaching situation. I didn't like the the team overall, and uh, it just I just didn't fit well. I felt like I didn't fit well. I wasn't. I lost all my confidence. I really wasn't running that well. Mm-hmm. I would train hard, but I would party a lot harder. Um, but I always trained, so I always worked. I worked super hard, worked super hard, and I went from being like a I was number one four hundred meter runner out of high school at the time too. So I went from being the guy that everyone seen all the time to like really kind of like vanishing and it kind of like messed with me mentally. I remember just being in my apartment, like super sad thinking that I wasn't going to never return to the form that I was. And then uh, basically I just decided that I had to transfer and just needed like a new, new scenery altogether. So uh, at that point I, I decided to uh, go to LSU, which was my second option out of high school. I seen Vernon. He had ran 44, 40 year before was a national champion. I seen uh, <clears throat> one of my future teammates, Fitzroy Dunkley, he was a long jumper, a triple jumper, and he wound up running 45-6. I'm like, okay, if they can turn a triple jumper to 45-6, I know I can run 44 seconds there. Hmm. So I get there my first season. Man, I train super hard. I'm focused. Come in. I drop immediately indoor, run 45-6. That's like my, my indoor PP was 46-3. And then go to outdoor, I run 44-80. And then, shoot, the rest is history. I uh, got a couple All-American honors. Uh, national champion in the 4x4. Runner-up in the 400 all the time. That kind of pissed me off. <laughs> Running over the 400 twice, bro. <laughs> twice, bro. Twice. So, running over the 400 twice. The dude that beat me ran super fast, though, which is Fred Curley. After that, shoot, signed a deal. 
my first year professional, ran at LSU still, stayed with my college coach. That's when I met you. You know, yeah. y'all had a good time out there. Uh, then after that, shoot, I just felt like the training, the training for me was cool, but uh, my company kind of wanted me to move. And then I felt like I just needed more attention to detail. Like I said, I'm, I feel like I'm still pretty young in the sport. So mm-hmm. I knew the coach that could like take his time and, and point things out to me. And it's a lot that I don't understand. I feel like I've, I've been good, but I haven't like reached my full potential only because it's a lot of stuff that I still don't, I still don't know. Like I, I got better so quickly that people just forgot to teach me things. They just thought that I knew a lot mm-hmm. of stuff on the run. So a lot of times when you have a good athlete, they, they think you just train them up and then that's it. You push them out the door and they're ready to, to compete and just do it. But if I've just been doing everything, winging it all my life, when the competition gets better, at this point, I have to actually know what I'm doing in order to compete, to be that world champion, to be that Olympic champion, to put myself on the scene, to be the U.S. champion. Uh, I have to start learning things and actually putting it together and working on stuff at practice. When I felt like at LSU, I just wanted to be better. I just wanted to be great. So at that point, I was just working harder and I wanted to just make sure I stay in the light and people still know who I am all the time. So moved to LA. Once I moved to LA, ran pretty good last year. That was uh, 2019. Got two medals, one in the Knicks, one in the, uh, one in the regular 4 by 4 Shoot. This year was supposed to go good. I only ran like, two races, 45-50, 44-90 during the pandemic. We didn't have no track. So I had a track for only a month. They ran 44.90. So that was crazy. Had a PB in the 200. Went to, um, after that, ended my season because they really couldn't get too many races around here and I didn't want to catch COVID, but wanted to anyway. <laughs> and, and now, shoot, now I'm here still, man, waiting for the next season on. The next season I'm about to start. Just ready to take it on, man. So now I'm in LA still and ready, ready to attack, ready to attack and get better. That's good. When you think back to like three to five years ago or maybe like when you were just starting, did you think that you would be you know, out in LA or do you think you'd be running track professionally at all? Or were you like trying to still figure out a way to, to get into football? Um, nah. Okay. So now I actually wish I would have played football because the only reason why I ran track, this is about to be crazy. The only reason why I ran track is because I thought football and track make me seem a lot of money. <laughs> so when I went to college, my freshman year, my coach told me, yo, track don't make football money. Like you'll be a thousandaire. You're not going to be a millionaire. Like it's, that's going to be like, rare so after that point i was ready to drop out and just go play football somewhere like try to play football go do something because i didn't i didn't want to be in a position where i could be like oh man i'm not gonna have any money but mm-hmm. i feel like to run track you have to really love it the pay can be good right but it's not you gotta think man look i can walk outside right now and i and i can look on my street no one on my street no one in my city can can probably like beat me but how many football players can actually say that and they get paid millions to do what they do mm-hmm. so i feel like we're very like under undervalued and underpaid yeah yeah, like you could be top five in the world and and not be getting paid nothing. It's, it's it's actually like kind of insane when I think about it. Like I'm like, yo, this is like the fifth fastest man in the world. Imagine <laughs> being in the supermarket and thinking, yo, none of y'all can beat me. None, nobody. <laughs> Who, who's gonna beat me? <laughs> no, if a boxer said that, if you're Floyd Mayweather and you're in the supermarket and nobody can beat you, he's getting paid millions and millions and millions. So of course people are gonna know, like, okay, that's him. And mm-hmm. we can go somewhere and people might not know who we are still. And that, well, that's like a different story too. That's like promotion and stuff like that. But like, yo, it's 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 insane how you could be that person. Like you could be, you could be number one in the world. Like I remember seeing the little Muhammad break the world record and then going back on the flight with her and like nobody even knowing what it is. That's crazy. <laughs> and she, and what the, the world record bonus is 50, 50K. Like what? You paying someone 50K to break the world record? Like, yo, that should be a million dollars. This is the fastest person ever. <laughs> 
Like <laughs> all, all time. You mean to tell me the one record bonus is only thousand dollars? So it's like, nah, that's insane. That's insane in that severity. So just think about all that and doing football at the time, I feel like that would have been a better choice for me. But now I'm here and I'm pretty good at what I do. So I don't I don't have a problem with it right now. But <clears throat> yeah, I feel like as a as a kid, as like a 15, 16 year old, before I got good, I didn't think I was gonna be professional. Mm-hmm. But when I turned 16, so I went from you got to think I went from like 52 to 46 within a year or some change. So I, th- I was thinking I was going 43 the next year. <laughs> so I didn't understand track progression because I dropped <laughs> fast. But my IT coach was telling me like, look, the slower you are, the easier it is to get faster. <laughs> the harder it is. I didn't understand that. So I thought I was going to be Michael Johnson at 18 years old. I'm like, man, I'm the prophet. I thought I was LeBron James. <laughs> man, you can't tell me nothing. Like literally getting recruited like, I thought I was living like LeBron James. I'm like, bro, I'm the coldest dude. Ever. Like, what, what are you talking about? And I got treated like that too as well. So I really, really felt like I was going to be a professional this whole time. And I and I still kind of, I wasn't treating it like a, being a professional when I was a freshman and sophomore. I more so was, I was focused on going pro as a freshman. Mm-hmm. I didn't do shitty, but it was like, okay, I didn't, I didn't live up to my, to my hype as, as the same thing too. Like I didn't like, come on the scene and I ran 45, 30 as a freshman. That's not bad. My people mm-hmm. was, 40, was flat, but I thought I was 44, five, 44, six as a freshman immediately. Like I just uh, didn't understand the process. So I definitely thought I was gonna go pro early. And it didn't work like that. Took me four years, better late than never. But <laughs> yeah, seeing myself being in LA, it's actually crazy because my high school coach used to give me like homework to, to do on like track stuff because I didn't know anything. So he told me to look up a couple coaches and one of the coaches I looked up when I was like 18, 17 years old was John Smith. Hmm. So I was like, man, if I went pro, I want to I wanna actually go and learn from someone they call the godfather, John Smith. So yeah. now that I'm actually here, it's kind of crazy. I kind of feel like, dang, like, it's kind of like I'm, I'm, I'm supposed to be here. Like, I feel like I'm supposed to be here. Like, it's something like, like unfinished. Like it's, like, it's like a story. Like, it's written. Yeah. So I definitely would say I, I definitely thought I would go pro early because I was an arrogant naive, foolish, foolish kid. <laughs> it took me a long time, but I got it done, though. Yeah, yeah, I definitely, yeah, I definitely say, yeah. You know, for you, I guess, what was, like, the, um, the, like, a clear turning point that, like, was, like, okay, track and field is, you know, this is it. I'm going all in on this. Or are you just all in and whatever, like, you, you decide to do? Nah, so for me, like I said, uh, I had a problem with discipline. I wasn't very disciplined early on because in high school, I could still run fast and, and I was still going out too. Like, like sounds kind of crazy, but like I was going out of high school getting drunk and stuff too and then running fast. So I thought I could do the same thing when you get to college. So when you get to college, you have more freedom. <clears throat> and uh, I, w- I just like went, went through like rough times at Florida State. I, like I said, I was kind of depressed and, and just down on myself like all together because I thought I should be doing better than I was doing, but I just didn't understand discipline and, and and, and setting setting my goals and, and knowing that, look, if you want to compete with the best, you have to actually be be great and, and do the things it takes to do that. So my clear t- turning point for me would probably be transferring to LSU and just resetting, <clears throat> coming in PR and, and just seeing everyone around me work and seeing my coaches believe in me. Like my coaches always tell me, Benny Brazil, I, I wouldn't want to go to war with anybody but you. Like he'll, he'll tell I put that in my head. This is from fall training all the way to national. So at that point, I'm, I'm building my confidence back up. So mm-hmm. now I'm like, I could compete with anybody. I remember I went to Olympic trials in 2016. I thought the rounds was a joke. Like, I'm laughing through the rounds, looking at my heat sheets, like, yo, this stuff is like weak. I feel like anybody else probably was like terrified, but I just felt like I was prepared to be here. Like, I should be here. Like, I'm in my first section, like, it's professionals in here. Like, I'm a professional. Like, there's no way they're mm-hmm. going to be. 
So I was going through the rounds just like thinking it was like, wasn't, wasn't that much pressure. Like I felt like I belong there and I am a professional and I will be a professional. So I prepared myself mentally for that. Those, those last two years at LSU. And it just took me, took me a long way to this point now because I feel like I needed that reset and I needed that, that mental, that mental buildup for me to understand what it takes to be a professional and how to treat it. Basically, You mentioned a lot of things about uh, like, uh, you know, that self-confidence and kind of building yourself back up. How did you from Florida to, to LSU? Like, how did you kind of get yourself out of that? Like, I guess that funk of like, you know, thinking you were, you know, I guess you're, you're essentially thinking you were trash essentially to kind of building yourself back up to like, uh, a sense of like, okay, maybe I can do this, do this again. Uh, for me, it was basically like, uh, it was just a new environment period. So when I first got to LSU, if anybody knows Coach Benny, he's, he's, he's like, can I curse up here? <laughs> he's kind of like a dick. He's kind of like a dick. So when you first meet him, he, he kind of like, he doesn't really care who you are. I remember the first, the first uh, meeting we had, he said, how many people are all Americans? Uh, everyone, like three, four people raised their hand. He like, relays don't count. <laughs> Relays don't count. We only had one dude. One dude in the whole group raised his hand. He was two hundred million American a year before. He's like, yeah, y'all trash. Relays don't count. So <laughs> Benny basically had the the theme of if I break you down, I can build you back up, right? Mm. So he would be at practice just telling me like, oh, you trash, you trash, you trash. And that's always how I was always like raised too. My mom was real tough on me. My high school coach was pretty tough on me. Like if I do if I do bad, they won't talk to me. So that's what I know. Like damn. So now I have to punish myself. I mean, I'm mad at my own self now because I know I did something that that wasn't up to their standard. So mm-hmm. when I got to LSU, it was basically like the same way. Like Benny held me to the same standard. So at that point, I felt comfortable of feeling like, okay, now I feel like I'm home again. Like my coach here is holding me to a standard. Like, look, I believe in you to be doing this and you're doing this. So if I'm not achieving the standard that that he's setting for me, I feel like I'm I'm not on the I'm not on the goal. So at that point, you have to start figuring out what you can do to to achieve those standards that they have for you. So they're expecting me to come in and score. And now at this point, I only have two years left. I have to really make the most of these two years. I came in just being a, a complete professional. I'm talking about vitamins, going to sleep. Mm-hmm. I really didn't party much. I just, I was just focused. I was just so focused that, and I had, I had people in my, on my team. I had Cyril Grayson, Chris Roy Dunkley. They were like top in the country. Lamar Bruton, he had chance to with me uh, too. They were like top 400 meter runners in the country too. So I was thinking in my head, look, if I beat them at practice, how can another 400 runner beat me at a meet? Like I have some of the best 400 meter runners at, 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 on, in, the, in, the, in the country on my team. So mm-hmm. if I'm beating them, how are you going to beat me? Like it's, it's impossible. Like it doesn't make sense. Like, so I, I built that in my head. I just made sure I came to work every single day. Like if anyone knows me, they know I don't take no days off. I'm never coming into practice saying, okay, you got me today. It's always like, all right. I'm a grind. I'm a grind. I'm a grind. I wanna, I wanna essentially kill you. Like I wanna try to kill your confidence so I can build mine at the same mm. time. I'm not gonna say it to you, but like in my head, I wanna grind it out. Like any coaches know, I go 100. percent I train super hard. Not like a, a practice all American, but like you know, more so of like a. I'm always on time for all reps. I come early. I probably leave last. Like it sounds cliche, but like I'm really like always. I always just set the tone for myself. Set the tone for the day. Get up early. Eat hydrate right i'm always prepared so just being just knowing that i prepared myself had my confidence go through the moon and just knowing that my coaches believed in me and people back home believed in me and just knowing that you just you don't just lose talent it's impossible like people people sometimes go places and then they think oh man like i, I don't have it anymore i don't have it anymore that's not true you just lost the you just lost the mental capacity of it. like you don't have that point 
Mm. If you can lean on your mental and get your mental back, everything else will come back. Like I didn't believe, I didn't believe I was complete trash. I I just felt like the situation I was in was just terrible. I remember my my coach Benny texted me that before I left. He was like, "You got a lot going on around you at Florida State." Like my coach got fired. Man, I really wasn't blending with my teammates. It was a lot of stuff. And then he was like, "Once you're in a better situation, you're going to be better." And and that really showed the next season. I came there and everything was just set in place for me. I was just uh, more prepared and just got it done, bro. I just got it done. So just knowing that I was prepared and I prepared myself the best I could. I know when I left everything I practiced, left everything at training, like never, never cheated. That had my confidence at another level. Yeah. Funny thing too, is that that's like one thing for sure that I noticed when I got down to LSU and that I, I think I really appreciated when I was there. It was just like everybody's like willingness to go to that next level and like kind of push themselves to like, you know, the edge without, without hesitation. You know what I mean? Like everybody's like, okay, this is, this is what it is. Okay. We're, we're doing it. Right. And it's yeah. just like, they're doing it. And I think for me, there's, cause I remember there's, especially one point in the fall where like, we were coming up to like one of the last, I think reps, you know, the, the jump runs. And then that stuff is psycho only cause it's like 90, 98 degrees, bro. Like, why are we jumping in the grass sweating? <laughs> like, bro, I thought like I was in prison my first year there. I know you felt that. It literally felt repetitive. Like, I felt like I was doing the same thing every single day. I lost count of my weeks. I didn't know what week it was <laughs> in the fall, bro. I feel like we was, I feel like we had 58 weeks of fall training, bro. <laughs> and, and, and the crazy thing about that, too, which is like, there, there are a couple moments like throughout those runs. I mentioned one with Vernon where he just like breezed by me like with ease. I'm like, how is this guy doing this? And I remember uh, an, another one too, which which was you and uh, I think it was you and Vernon. You guys were both because you guys were both running together. Um, and it was like one of the last runs, one, one like the final runs. And like I was dead. Like, I could not. I'm like, I don't know if I'm gonna make it. Like, I, like I really don't know. Like, God, this might be the end for me. <laughs> 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 and and like but everybody was going like you and Vernon were gone everybody was running I'm just like I can't like I can't stop like I was ready to like I was legit ready to die like on like on Biggie on everybody like I was ready to that's die that's what I mean though bro like just, just being around people that work that makes you like insane like it makes you feel like I can't be soft they're not I can't. soft like, no. I have to I have to push through what do I look like falling I mean my first day I seen people falling on the ground and stuff, like cramping up I'm like bro no I no. can't uh uh-uh, uh yeah <laughs> No, first impression is the best impression. I'm like, look, I don't care if I'm catching a cramp. I am going to die with this cramp. And I'm going to fall afterwards. Because, look, I see my teammates behind me. Like, I can hear them breathing. I don't want them to pass me, bro. So it's like, oh, man. And then sometimes I used to try to overlap the source sprinters. So I can put them like there. And you can see them pick up the pace. They'll pick up the pace and try to to hold me off. So I'm like, yo, that makes everyone better. Like, Yeah, exactly. Working, it just motivates you. So. Just looking around at LSU, seeing everyone works, it was it was the greatest. It's those moments that like really kind of help to shape, you know, the kind of kind of athlete and even like person, you know, that you're you're gonna be at mm-hmm. the end of the day. And yeah, it's it's really interesting because you mentioned a couple of things, like as you're talking, you know, like just in terms of like you know making sure you're prepared, kind of holding yourself to that standard, and like kind of believing in yourself, right? And like a lot of people don't know and understand, like track and field, like eighty percent mental. You know what yeah, I mean? Like I would say 90, 95, bro. I had time. I had a time, right? This is crazy. It was the first year I was there at LSU. I mean, the first the first uh, professional season, bro. I ran, I went to Jamaica and ran 48, 46 seconds, bro. I never ran 46 in high school, mind you that. Like, I never ran 46 in college. Maybe like around when I was jogging or something. So I ran 46, like two. And then the next week, went to Rome and ran 44, eight. <laughs> 
No, no way my fitness changed within a week, bro. Mm. Like, that's mental. That's all mental. I just, I just couldn't get my head in it to, to compete and, and to execute what I had to do at the moment. Like, I felt like I was still, like, kind of going through emotions. It wasn't really, it wasn't really me. But running 46 almost had me on suicide watch. So I snapped back to two people. I was like, ah, no, 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 no. We're not going to have this. So the next week, wind up running faster. And that's going to show you that track is literally mental. It don't matter how much you ever seen someone train super, super hard. Yeah, you know, I have. Yeah. And then they don't produce. And you'll be like, bro, that doesn't make any sense. Like, no sense. How was she or he not running fast, bro? Because that you don't have the mental, they don't have the mental state it takes to, to actually compete. When you get on that line and you see everybody lined up beside you, you start seeing people that that runs runs 43 or runs 52 or runs uh 12 low in the hurdles or or runs whatever, and you start thinking like, man, like questioning yourself like can I, can I actually do this like can I be here should I be here and after that you already lost now, you, now mm. you're screwed now you're screwed yeah you're done you're finished you're setting yourself back you're setting yourself back for sure so I would say I would say 90 90% 90% definitely 10% fitness so here's a question for you then knowing that how do you get yourself to a point where like you feel like you belong or have that confidence in yourself standing at the line or what would you say or to somebody else Who's like asking you for like yo? How do you get that confidence to stand at the line to like belong there, even if you've never been there before? I feel like for me, for me, it's it's a little different. For me, just having my my upbringing, I feel like I'm I always is around like tough people and people that just like help me to a standard. So I had to have like the confidence in myself. So man, I always spent a lot of time like people DM me ask me how they like prepare mentally. I always spend a lot of time like watching videos and I watch a lot of. YouTube videos. I like to watch some of my favorite athletes. Uh, one of my favorite athletes is Floyd Mayweather. Another one is Adrian Bronner. If anybody know Adrian Bronner, he will lose and still talk trash. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, he can get beat up, bro, and still have the confidence of a champion. He's still, like, he's still a pay-per-view, like, A-side fighter, like, main fighter. So, if he was fighting, it would sell out. Just because people want to see him talk. They want to see him talk. They want to see him fight. They know it's a chance that he could beat him up. And if he wins, he's going to have that confidence. So, for me, it's just, like, looking looking at other athletes and seeing how they handle it too. Like if a boxer, boxing is the most crucial sport crazy. Like, cause if you get beat up and still can have confidence, the dude just beat you up. So <laughs> he literally beat you up. Man. He literally beat you up. Yeah. He literally like blacked your eye, knocked you out. <laughs> and you got up and stood up and had confidence to still talk trash, bro. Like if he can do that, I definitely can do that. Losing a race. Like I lose a race. <laughs> I have another time. I didn't just get beat up. I could, of course it's kind of embarrassing. I feel like that's why track is kind of like, not celebrate as much because people don't want to post and and post their L's or or let people see them lose. So mm-hmm. just seeing other athletes that have more money than me, that's on higher status than me, that has been through more stuff than me, uh, persevere and 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 have the confidence to still come back and and compete and, and do their do their stuff every single time kind of motivates me to to always have confidence. Like I said, whenever I fell down, I would I would go and and watch the videos of some of my favorite fighters or or uh or trash talkers because i'm i'm kind of like a trash talker too so i like to i like to <laughs> talk the trash to boost it up if you know any any people at lsu like a lot of us we're we, i would say i would label the group as toxic like it's, <laughs> it's very toxic it's not the usual like program like it's not gonna be like hey how you doing today it's gonna be it's gonna be start your day's gonna start with an insult like i like insult you like if you're not if you're not really like uh, if you don't have skin, then you probably will be like, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But like overall, yeah. you know, it's all love. Like people come in, like 
say for instance, like one time I had, uh, I got eliminated from uh, SECs when I was a senior because I thought it was uh, heat winners. In, in reality, it was time. It was time place. So I jogged through the line, bro, and didn't make the final. And I came in ranked second, too. So this is SECs. Oh, I was so terrified to go back to school. I didn't want to go back to school. But I'm like, yo, they're going to kill me. Like, they're going to play me up so bad, bro. It don't even matter how what time I ran in the drive. They're going to say I choked when I didn't choke. So I came back to school. First person I seen was Fitz and Vernon. Ah, you choked. You choked. I'm like, huh? What do you mean? I didn't choke. Yo, you choked. You're trash. You're trash. I, I talked to Coach Benny. You trash, man. How you not make the final, bro? You're trash. You're trash. So at that point, it's like, all right. <laughs> now I got to start talking trash too to defend myself. And I'm starting to have the confidence to, to go out there and be like, all right, cool, I'm ready. So just, I would say just, just finding a way to be yourself and just knowing and just believing. Like, look, if you worked hard, there's really nothing much you can do. Like, you, mm. you have it. Like, like, it's there. It's there. It's there. It's literally there. It's literally there. You just got to have the confidence to believe in yourself. You prepared. If you were cheating, I always tell people, cheating, the cheat, I used to tell people on my team, the cheating gods don't reward you. Like, they're not going to reward you. Yeah. When you cheat, they're going to find a way. Like, it's going to find a way for you. It's going to show. Like, there's no way you're going to cheat and then have the success. You might have success one time. You might have success twice. But it's not going to be continuous success because cheaters don't get rewarded. So if you've done everything you can do and and you know deep down in your heart that you prepared, I feel like you should have the confidence to attack it. And sometimes you might have to go and look and and seek seek help from elsewhere, like <clears throat> talking to people, helping them build it. Like I had times when I talked to sports like too, to have myself believe that this is what I have to do and just going out there with a plan and just doing that. And then or if you have to look to other athletes, you know, like just thinking like, okay, if Floyd Mayweather can can go through this, or like I said, Adrian Bronner could can lose five fights and come back and still have the confidence of a champion, then why can't I? Like, like who who to say that I can't do the same thing they can do though? So I always keep it like that. For me, it's more so watching other athletes and, and just and just preparing, preparing the best I can. Mm. So yeah, yeah. Who else do you like get your inspiration from? Like Floyd Mayweather, Adrian Barner, anybody else? Really? I don't have I don't I don't I don't really like any track athletes. So you know track athletes to be the, the make you be like, oh man, like that's so cool. I just feel like, nah. Um I say my family, my family for sure. Like my my family, my neighborhood, my I feel like my neighborhood is so like so supportive of me. I, I feel like a, a a gold medalist every time I compete because mm-hmm. my <laughs> back home. They show me so much love that it's like I, I I don't have a choice. Like I feel like win, lose, or draw, they're gonna believe that I'm I'm an Olympic champion. Or if I lose this time, they're gonna believe oh he's not losing next time. He's gonna get that medal this time. He's mm-hmm. gonna do this for that. So just having them there to support me in, I would say athlete wise, I don't really look to too many other athletes. That's pretty much it. Uh, basketball, my favorite basketball players come out Anthony, but I kind of like the people that that have like the arrogance and, and the confidence about them. Like, uh, I kind of like Javante Davis right now. I like a lot of boxes because they boxes. I feel like boxes, boxing is similar, similar to, to track because yeah, yeah. you have to go head to head with people and, 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 and the winner, the winner is going to win. The best man is going to win on that day. And it's really like, you got to have a lot of confidence to do it. Like think you're, you're fighting, you're fighting in front of millions of people on TV and they track you fighting. You're, you're running against, uh, Eight, eight people and thousands of people are watching you, including the people at home too. So you have to have the confidence even to go out there and, and to compete. 
So just looking at those two sports right there, that's where I really get my confidence from. This is my family. So I wouldn't say any track people because I don't know. I don't really like, I don't really <laughs> have a favorite, a favorite track athlete, I would say, because track don't, nobody has like the, the swag, I feel like, yeah. Like no one, no one comes out. I feel like we look, we get shamed upon for doing stuff like that. So it's kind of, it's kind of different. It's kind of cool to have teammates that, that kind of feel like that. <laughs> but you know, it's funny, I'm, like just on that point, like, and kind of what you're saying earlier too. I remember um, after World Indoors, and after you guys came back from World Indoors, you, Vernon, mm. and after you guys, <laughs> and after and after Poland won uh, gold, right? And then Poland, I, Vernon, no. <laughs> I remember you guys, and I'll never forget it too, because I because I came into practice and I seen Vernon, right? And like I think, and I think the Canadian thing to do, which is what I did at the time, and I didn't know, I didn't oh, know. Bad for him, you wanted to hug right? him and stuff. <laughs> no, no, no. Well, not necessarily, but I'm just like, yo, you good, man? It's all right. Like I saw you run. Like you know, I just dapped him up. Like you know, hey, man. Like I didn't say things happen. I'm just like, hey, like you know, like I, I don't want to say anything. So I'm not gonna say anything, right? But then you guys came in and you guys said everything. You guys said absolutely everything. Like I'm just like, dang, this is real crazy. Like, like you guys are really like flaming this dude up. That's the crazy thing. Like, how can you not bounce back from that? Like, that makes you feel like, all right, look, I'm taking my beating. Now it's time to show my face. Exactly. Like, now, now we're trying to embarrass you so bad that at this point you're getting over. Like, it, it doesn't matter what, what anybody else say now because in house I'm already getting tore up about it. So, soon Vernon came back, I I laughed at him the same night. I didn't even wait. Like, <laughs> I was on the team because I had asked Vernon to let me anchor, and Vernon was like, Nah, I want all the smoke. I want all the smoke. So. So after it happened, bro, I came, I had picked them up, of course, at the time. Like I was being like a good teammate on TV, yeah. but I really, I really was like, wanted to be toxic to him right there. But <laughs> so I picked them up. I'm like, man, come on, come on. Man. We're on TV. You got to get up. You got to get up. So we get up. We go back to the room. Man, Vernon handled it pretty well. He was, he was cool, but he went to five guys. I flamed him up immediately. I was like, man, boy, I got walked down. Like, <laughs> like how, how you get walked down, dog? Oh, man. I'm like, uh, so we joked. I joked him from Birmingham all the way back to Baton Rouge. Oh man! So I kept, kept repeatedly joking him, joking. But that's just how it is with us. Like, he didn't get sensitive about it. All he did was took it to the chin and just know next time that's not happening. No more, no more. Yeah. Like, even even Benny was joking him too. So everybody let him hear. Whenever you do something, I feel like that happens. Like someone just bringing it out on you and letting you feel it. It it, it makes you feel a little like, all right, now I'm prepared for the world to see me now. Like, yeah. You're not gonna be too embarrassing when you already got killed 30 times at practice. <laughs> <laughs> it is what it is. Like. Yeah, it is what it is. And you're right. Like I think a lot of people they they miss out on that, right? Like they'll go through something, it happens, right? And they're not willing to like, especially if if it doesn't go like the way they thought, right? They're not willing to like you know face the reality of like you know either they messed up or whatever it is. But if you're able to face it and just deal with it right then and there, and whatever comes from it, you're like, all right, cool. Then it's done. They, they don't have to worry about it anymore. You just go out and do what you got to do. You know, the next day or whatever it may have you. So, you know, like I said, there are many things that I won't forget. And that, that's another one for me. And I just like right then and there, once I saw you guys like lighting up Vernon like that, I'm like, if they're willing to do this to him, then I know for a fact, if anything yeah, happens to me, I'm going to get <laughs> roasted. <laughs> yo, yo, if, you, if you're part of the family at that point, it's like, all right, look, everybody got to take this beating. If you mess up, if you mess up one time, you're going to take this beating. So you should know next time you're in the line, look, I got. 15 people waiting for, wait for you back home. Yeah. Wait for me. I am not messing this up. Yeah. So look, and I feel like that's what's wrong with track and field as a whole. Like, we're soft. Like, when people speak out on stuff, like, people start 
having outrage and you can't show emotion. Like, so people don't want to lose and then come back to, to seeing Twitter and stuff like that. Like, you got to think, people in track, they lose, they won't post anything for a whole mm. week. Or, or you have the people that come up there with excuses. Oh, I haven't trained for a week. Oh, I've been injured. Nobody cares about that, bro. Just right. handle your business. Like, no one cares. It's okay. Because when you win, you're going to show your face a thousand times. So when you lose, like me, I keep saying injured girls. I'm going to drop a post. I'm going to say, look, I got to be better next time. Okay, cool. I'm not going to come and like, oh, um, I had Achilles problem for two years, my, my first two years professional. I never got on Instagram and said, oh, my Achilles has been bothering me for two years. I came out and always said, I'm going to get better. Season best this time. This is this, this. I kept my injuries to myself and to know like when it's time for me, when I do run good, I don't want people saying, oh, I thought you were hurt. Like, what's wrong? Like, why are you not talking about that at that moment? So you got to think about just having to face your fears. Like, that's what's wrong with the sport as a whole. People don't want to face their fears. And that's why I think the mm. promotion and the, the level of the sport is not as wide as it is because people are terrified to promote their self. They don't want to promote themselves because they're embarrassed. They're like, oh, what if Ooh. I lose and everyone sees me? So you're not going to take that Instagram post and say, look at me run today or watch me run today or, or I'm running here or... Or you're not doing the actual promotion for they say people like the 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 program, the meat program don't do enough promotion, but in reality it's the athletes. I don't think the athletes take time out and say, watch me run here or watch this meet here or watch this, watch this, watch this, because they're just scared of losing in the public eye. You gotta think about how bad it is to be like an NFL NBA player. Mm. So Paul George is a superstar, he's tanking up in the playoffs, people are making memes of him and and, yeah. and saying he's trash and all this like. People that can never do what he do. People can't score five points in a high school game, but they're saying. <laughs> so now Paul George is in his room looking at this each game, and he comes back and he comes back one the next game and, and drops thirty points. And now everybody's back on his back on his good side. Now everybody's mm-hmm. okay. Now he's a superstar. He's great. He's playing good. So if NBA NFL players can get all that love and make all that money and 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 receive the hate the same way they receive the the love, then I feel like a sport like track and field has to convert and do the same thing. It's no way we can become better and make more money and, and become wider as a sport as a whole and not want to deal with the bad. Like people report the bad stuff. They get mad. They only want good stuff. Like, mm. That's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. So yeah. I feel like we have to all come out of our shell and just stop being so soft as a whole and make it, and make it great. Make, make rivalries, make, make stories. Like people want to watch because they know something, but they don't know anything about us because Everyone's scared. Like it's just <laughs> terrible. Like everybody wants to be the good person and this this being a good light, period. So I feel like once we get past that point and once all athletes get past that in the sport, you can have some people that's gonna be scary. That's fine. There's some sort of scary people in other sports too. But as a whole, I feel like we have to just get out of that scary phase and face and be ready to face your 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 toxicness. Like yeah. <laughs> you gotta you gotta come to Twitter and know if people talking trash about you, it's okay. It's yeah. Hey, I can do better next time. I'm I will do better next time now because I know you're gonna be there ready to kill me. And that's a good point. Cause like it comes with the territory, right? Like if you want to be great, like you can't expect to be great and have everybody, you know, saying good things about you all the time. Like somebody's gonna hit you just because it's a Tuesday afternoon on a Thursday, you know what I mean? And they're just having a bad day and they're like and, and they want to take it out on you, you know what I mean? Or exactly they can live their dreams and so now you're living yours and now and now they're mad, right? So you have to like it comes with the territory of being great. Like if, if, if you want to be great, expect like you know great hate in in like response. Like it's just part exactly. of the- so that's I feel like when you do that, bro, you're just embracing it. I I remember I had like a I got a quick story. I I went to LSU my first year, 
And uh, it was like a track page. They put out people that was returning to be 400 meter runners. And uh, I think I was ranked probably like fifth or sixth. And one page tweeted, uh, Michael Cherry always falters. And I was like, damn, like, I was so hurt from that. Like, he's not going to make the final. He always falters. That's what they told. That's what they, that's what they tweeted on Twitter. And I never really had people like really come at me like completely. So I was confused. I'm like, damn, that kind of hurt me. But at the same time, I saved it on my phone and put it as my screensaver. So I was like, all right, now I have to prove her wrong. So by by the end of the year, she was a fan. She picked me to make every single team from that point on. So I was like, I converted her. Like, literally, you have to face that in order to be better. Like, you need that. That's what's going to be out there. It's going to happen regardless, no matter what you do. You can hide in your room, but they're still going to talk about you. <laughs> you can stay off Instagram. But they're gonna talk about. They're gonna talk about you. They're gonna talk about you. So why not just face it as a whole and come out, save the excuses, work harder, and prepare for the next moment? It's gonna happen. Bro. Yeah, you're gonna have your chance to redeem yourself. Yeah, you're right. It is it, like it really doesn't matter. And people, and like you said, like people are gonna say things about you. And then once you start doing well, they'll just jump over it. They'll, they'll switch. Bandwagoners, bro. They're they're bandwagoners. <laughs> it comes with it comes with sports. Exactly. Yeah. You can convert people that think you're trash to fans. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, the same people that say, oh, he sucks, he's not that good, a year later could be yelling for you. A month later could be yelling for you. Oh, my God. Yeah, a, it's true. The greatest, she's the greatest. <laughs> oh, my. I've never seen someone that good before. Like, oh, my. I don't know how he got that great. Like, it just it just happens. It's part of the game. You have to mm-hmm. charge into it and just, and just come with that confidence to believe, look, I can, I can double back and, and make up for my my poor performance. Yeah. And I have to face it. I have to face it. So like I said, man, you just got to take that, bro. It's just, it's no way to run from it though. It's going to happen regardless. It's going to happen regardless. Yeah. 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 So for you so far, like when you kind of look back over like your, you know, years LSU, a couple years as pro so far, like what do you think has been the most important lesson so far that you learned? Like the number one lesson that you feel like this is the, probably the most, the best thing that I've learned so far in terms of my entire experience. Right, the most important lesson I, that I learned for for myself would be discipline. Like, I feel like discipline and, and preparation. I feel like you have to have that to be great. That's in any work field. That could be football, basketball, office, doctors, track and field. Like, if you don't prepare and you're not disciplined, it's going to show. So mm-hmm. I had a lot of times when I wasn't disciplined and I just di- didn't understand why I wasn't getting the results I was getting because I just wasn't putting forth the effort and, the, and going to sleep early taking my vitamins, arriving on time, doing the workouts correctly, studying stuff, executing, weights, everything, like just everything down to that, just being prepared for the moment when it comes to know that, look, I can't, I can't do anything more or like nothing, nothing else can change this moment because I already prepared and I'm, and I've been so disciplined and well, before I was actually disciplined, I feel like I couldn't do a lot of that stuff at all. I was afraid of a lot of things and just wasn't, and just wasn't as confident because I knew that I wasn't putting forth the effort that I needed to 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 complete the task that I wanted to do. And that mm-hmm. can be school, shoot, practice, meets, whatever. So whenever I do bad, I have to look back and go back and think to myself, like, did I do everything I did? Should, should I have went to that party? Or should I have done this? Or should I have done that? So just being disciplined and having the preparation, I feel like and the dedication is going to is gonna definitely take you a long way in, in sports or in your work field or whatever you do. So that's definitely been the most important learning thing for me because I struggled with that early on. And I feel like a lot of a lot of athletes struggle with that early on. They try to balance their their social life and their track and field life. But it's way, way too much social and not a love business. 
So when you get to the point where you can balance both, because you need a balance for sure. Like I said, you don't want to go into complete depression just thinking about track, 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 or work, 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 work. You need that balance, but you got to know, all right, I, sometimes I can't go out this, tonight because I have to go, I have practice the next morning or I have a meet coming up, a big meet coming up. I can't drink this drink this time. I can't eat this. I can't smoke this or whatever you want to do. Like you have to know that. So once mm-hmm. you get that, I feel like a lot of that stuff just comes with, with just preparing. So yeah, once you do that, I think you'll be okay. And also when you look back, do you have any like regrets or is there anything that you would change or do all over again if you, if you had the opportunity or the chance? If I could do anything all over again, I would be, like I said, more disciplined early so I can get my money quicker. <laughs> <laughs> freshman year. And I would I would go to LSU uh, immediately. I would go to LSU freshman year. Mm. Yeah, for sure. I feel like it was the, the perfect fit for me. Um, everything blended and it was just, it was a match made in heaven. Like <laughs> down to the teammates, to the coaches, to the workouts, like everything fit for me. So I feel like I would have done those two and just more, but more, most importantly, uh, the the preparation and dedication. I'd I'd have been more more like in tune with myself, knowing what I want to do, and if I have a goal, knowing that I have to to actually do what it takes to get there. I feel like I wanted to be great at early, but I wasn't really doing the things to be great. Mm-hmm. So after I got that down down, I got a little better. So I definitely, yeah, discipline and going to LSU. Early. This is one I always like. I always ask it just if you were to go all the way back to like when you were a kid, like young Mike Cherry, like more than 10 years ago, like you're, you're still a kid just by the end of high school, you travel back in time, you can only tell him one thing, like one piece of advice or one, you know, quote or whatever. What's that? What's that one thing that you would tell him? If I could talk to my younger self, shoot. I would tell him, I would tell him just follow, follow your head, follow your head. Don't, don't double think yourself. Like don't, don't question your abilities. Don't question anything. Whatever choices you make is going to be the right choice, no matter what. Like that's what I probably say. Yeah, whatever whatever choice you make will be the right choice. Don't double don't don't double think yourself. Go hard in everything you do for sure. Like like your family your family's on the line. Your your future's on the line. So go hard. Just go hard. Why that? Because I feel like like coming from where I come from, I feel like I didn't have like a lot a lot of stuff like early on. Like even from like I don't think I even had money money until actually I, I left college. So just being in high school. I felt like I had to make the right choices in order to to get to where I'm at today or to to know because I, I hung with people that really didn't make a lot of good choices and even my neighborhood, it really wasn't around a lot of a lot of good choices. So just knowing that I can put myself in a in a better position, I would tell myself to just don't double think anything and go hard to make your life better than what it is at the time right there. Where can people find you? How do people get in contact with you? They want to contact you, they want to reach out. Y'all can follow me on Instagram, A underscore attractive, A underscore attractive. <laughs> Twitter, my Twitter is underscore MCJR. And if you want to contact me, you can DM me on Twitter or Instagram, something like that. Either or, it'll work. So, yeah, that's it. Awesome. Well, Mike, I appreciate you, man. Thanks for taking time out of your day to, to talk with your boy to catch up. It's been fun. Forgot yeah. about <laughs> the, all the good times that we had back in the day, man. Yeah, bro. It was, it was lit, bro. Yeah, it was good. out there, bro. It was, it was definitely, definitely lit. I had fun doing the podcast, man. You know, I, I'll pull up and hop on anytime. You need to get, you need to get me and Vern up here at the same time. Be I know. Funny. <laughs> yeah. That'd be funny, bro. That'd be funny, bro. Yeah. <laughs> you know, anytime, man. You know, with a good friend out there, you know, I have fun. We all have fun training together. Yeah. And I wish you the best, man, in the future, bro. Yeah, man, you too, you too.
Hey, thanks so much for listening. That's it for today's episode. Um, thank you for your time. I hope you guys have a great uh, day, great afternoon, great wherever and wherever you are. For more episodes or for any details about the Inner Olympian or anything like that, you can check us out on Instagram at theinnerolympian.co. Um, also, if you like the show, it would mean so much to me if you would leave a comment, leave a review, leave five stars. I'm just saying. Um, as well, if you have any questions, comments, or anything like that that you'd like to share, feel free to send a message to support at theinnerolympian.com or send me a message on you know Instagram, Facebook. Um, you know, Let me know what's going on, and I'll see you guys next time. So until then, peace.